Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, I'm Chris Penwell from ActiveQuest. And I'm Joseph Yaden. We are a video game podcast that takes a deep dive into the news, covering the latest gaming trends and stories pertaining to the industry. We also do our best to cover the most recent games and like to have an ongoing discussion with the audience. You can contact us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow or via email at activequestpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. We appreciate you listening, everyone. And now, on to the show. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey, yeah you. Did you know that Arcast is on Patreon? Go check out patreon.com slash Arcast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small such as our $1 tier to show your support. Or join one of our higher tiers to get a shout out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. Once again, that's patreon.com slash Arcast. Thanks for helping us and keep it retro. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another episode of Arcast Mini. And uh, this is a very special Arcast Mini because uh, I am here with Jason Mojica, who is one half of the team of the Kickstarter game Proteus, uh, which actually just hit its uh, its like Kickstarter goal as we're like recording this. Uh, so it's over fifty five thousand. I saw. So uh, congratulations on that, Jason, and welcome to the show. <laughs> awesome, thanks. It's it's awesome to be here and just you know. It, it's it's such a, a crucial time right now because we literally just hit our goal like moments before we started the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like I I kind of mentioned to you, um, we weren't expecting to just suddenly hit the goal all of a sudden like this. So I I don't have any gifts for, for like <laughs> like in the in the back pocket to like pose. So it was like reusing an old gift we had done for like. 100 followers reached or something like that <laughs> i like i like whipped that out i was like oh let me just change this to kickstarter reached and post <laughs> yeah remember this <laughs> yeah throwback right. time right <laughs> yeah this thing just all of a sudden started happening my mom was calling me like literally my mom called me uh because she's been following the kickstarter and stuff and she's like She's like, oh, Jay, you're going to do it. And I'm like, I'm like, thanks, Mom. Like, I know, I feel like we're, we're going to do it here in a little. She's like, you could do it by the end of the Kickstarter. And I'm like, I think we're going to hit it in the next 10 minutes, Mom. Is that your mom impression right there? <laughs> Actually, my mom's real. My, my real impression of my mom is way worse. She doesn't, she doesn't smoke, but I'm always like, Jay. <laughs> what are you doing over there, Jay? You're making video games. You're making Jay. the She's retro like, FPS, I see. <laughs> <laughs> She's always like, She's like, yeah, I don't sound like that. She doesn't sound like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like how the, uh, I guess, like Minnesota or like Jewish mother kind of thing is like, you're making it all bloody and messy over there. Uh, so that's actually funny because, so we were we were just talking about this. Um, I, I took my grandmother to breakfast the other day, uh, yesterday, actually, and we, we were at 30... We were at thirty six uh, K 
of our goal of 52. And my grandmother, bless her, does she supports the crap out of me and has always been my like major inspiration for everything. And she's written books and stuff and just always oh, wow. there to like back, you know, back me and, and want me to be creative and stuff. But she's like, but does it have to be so bloody? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, and she's like, can't you make educational games? <laughs> and, I, and it's interesting because we actually had a really serious discussion about what it takes to make educational games and uh, and what it you know what it doesn't like. It's like a very different skill set compared to making these types of games, which yeah, like Doom clone kind of games. Yeah, yeah, are like bread and butter of like fun shooter. Um, it's funny though. Like, I mean, to, to get back to that story in a second, but yeah, we were, um, it, it's interesting to, to think about like the, the genre that we make and, and sort of, you know, what it takes to, to work on this and why it's so much fun for us. And, uh, I mean, th- there's just so many little nuances about this genre that is so much fun for me to at least come back to after being a triple A dev for so long. Um, you know, working on Bioshock Infinite, uh, Wolfenstein. Uh, one of my favorites was Singularity back in the day. That's actually the one that Mike and I met on. So many stories intertwined right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so like to come back to to come back to these roots and to sort of really dig in and 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 what I've been doing is forgetting all of my skills that I've learned <laughs> as like like building architecture for you know. Uh, in a realistic sense for a lot of the games that I worked on, like payday two and stuff. And, um, and it's just been great to, to really sink in and forget a lot of that and just make levels. I mean, I guess you're kind of like relearning game design in a lot of ways, especially for a game like Proteus, uh, which is certainly no educational game. It's no math blaster, if you will. No. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. it is really, like, really interesting, though, because of the fact that we are seeing a lot of these like retro FPS style games, basically. But yours has like the distinction, I guess, of being probably the most detailed pixel art I've ever seen in any game ever, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Um, which certainly has like its claim to fame, but like you know, obviously there are other games out there, uh, such as with uh, what 3D Realms is coming out with uh, with Ion Maiden and Wrath, uh, and, and we we, we um, and we were talking earlier about uh, about like Dave Ostry, and obviously he's coming out with Dusk. Yep, Dusk did super awesome. Both Davids are pretty cool guys. Um, we sent we sent them a, a build like a long time ago, and uh, got some really good feedback. Dave Dave sent us a an image. He said, I fixed the game, and it was just an image with no HUD. <laughs> it was, uh, he's like, I fixed the game. Go go make it. And it was, and it was like one of those better. things. Yeah, I mean, we, we learned a lot from our initial announcement trailer like in November. And a lot of people were talking about the HUD. They were talking about the pixelation filter that we we sort of had on. Well, we call it a filter, I guess, but it's, it was more of a shader thing. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a, so many stories, um, but yeah. <laughs> so we learned so much from that, and um, the pixelated shader that Mike created does not work well with uh, videos getting uploaded to YouTube. Like when it compresses them, oh, it that's just for sure. it just destroyed the look of the game in some way. So we were. We were surprised that, you know, people did like, you know, what they saw. I mean, there was, you could still see what we were trying to do, but mm. it looked very blurry. And, um, and a lot of people got really upset and just were calling us out on it. And, and it was one of those things that we couldn't necessarily do anything about at the moment. 
Um, and we were going to rush out a, like a bunch of screenshots that showed the game that, you know, like in HD format, essentially be like, no, oh, look, this is the, this is the real way it, it'll look. And so that was a real um, awesome and interesting experience to go through that. And, uh, you know, we took a lot of lessons from that initial announcement trailer and refactored them and made them like really at the forefront of our Kickstarter right now being like, look, this is new footage from the game. This is how it's going to play, you know, no limit on FPS for PC. We've got FOV settings. Now we've got, um, <clears throat> we, you can change the resolution. If you want to play more pixelated, you can, if you don't, that's fine. You can independently change the pixelation on the hand meshes and stuff. Um, and also um, the enemies are going to, you'll, you'll be able to up the resolution on the enemies, but still keep them in pixelated mode. We have a, so a lot of like customization and really and like how you want to play the game or how, or, or like how the game looks, I guess, in this particular case. For sure. I mean, there's an interesting, there's an interesting thing about this because Mike builds all of our characters in high poly mode first and then sculpts them textures them high high def and everything then he brings them into the game and we do a like the the pixelated stuff that you see the pixel mode is actually a dynamic sprite that's being rendered in game as you're playing so it catches all the lighting and everything uh, in a really cool way and that what that allows us to do is basically the the cool destructible system that you that you've possibly seen in the trailer where like some dude can get shot in half that's that's happening real time um, his arm getting shot off can happen. We don't have to make like a, a bunch of sprites and differentiations for that. It can all happen on the fly, which is really cool. Um, is that like a, um, a like game design, I guess, like method that's that's like existed before? Or was that something that you just had to kind of figure out on the go? Honestly, what Mike does is magic to me most of the time. <laughs> and when, he's a wizard. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's basically a wizard. That's the only way I explain it to like everybody. I know they're like, how, how do you do game and i'm like i don't know <laughs> mike is like a wizard he just made it uh yeah. but yeah he he had done this um he had been working on this tech for a while now and i was like this was back in the day when strafe was announced and um, oh yeah strafe is another one yeah there was another one called gibhard that was made by brom um I, I can't pronounce his last name it's like eulers or something like that but he was mm -hmm. an old grin dev and now he works at val uh he worked on um Overwatch and now works at Valve, but yeah, he That's he was right. making a really sick Quake type shooter called uh, Gibhard, and those things were just coming out at the time. And Mike was like, "Hey, we should do this," and I was like, ah, "I mean, there's there's a lot of people already doing these. We would just get stumped by, you know, by this." And we kind of tabled the idea for a while. And Mike had been toying around with it, and he came up with this amazing looking sprite system that you see now, and it just it just basically solidified my my ideas of like you know what i need to stop everything i'm doing and just jump on this with you and let's let's finish this let's make it let's make it a thing so obviously with like proteus um i feel like kind of the big selling factor is that visual style certainly the, the super detailed pixelated kind of style um but you know obviously as you mentioned before as we mentioned like earlier here too uh there are like a lot of these like retro fps style games coming out now uh, what what else aside from like the visual style, like I, I guess like specifically with um with like the gameplay anyway, uh, sets it apart from all these other games. So what's interesting is, um, you know, because we we waited for so long, um, you know, Strafe had a chance to come out, you know, now Dusk and um, a bunch of these other awesome shooters. Um, mm -hmm. 
the Warlock game. Um, oh my God, what, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Warlock? Is it? Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's like yeah. You, you like play as like a warlock, and um, and it has like more of kind of like a magic based kind of like setting to it. I know. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to look that up. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, those guys are awesome, and they've they've made some really sick stuff. And um, so essentially, what what we were aiming for, right, with the aesthetic, obviously to stand out, but also make our own vision and something that Mike is excited about working on. Um, but what stands us apart, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, like from Strafe, at least Strafe was procedurally generated and had a lot of like you kind of play through the same places over and over again, reaching higher and higher um, tiers. And um, we're we're all handcrafted, you know. We're all secrets and fun little loops and um, like a very structured, you know, scenario. Um, so for me, it. it there's a lot of design that goes into each level and each thought behind it. And to me, that's what kind of sets us apart a little bit from at least from strafe, which is our closest, I think, uh, or was our closest competitor or, you know, what I would say you could judge us on. Um, I haven't played enough of dusk to know how much we stand out from them. I feel like they have a lot of really awesome stuff going on that, um like their movement stuff is really sick i love their gunplay and like how simple everything like the environments are and stuff that's something that we definitely want to reach as well like our our environments are a little more detailed than dusk um and strafe and we have really awesome materials and shaders everything looks really great and just i mean it's a blast working on i mean this is like I said, after being in the industry for so long, it's just so much fun to go back to like a project like this and just really sink my teeth into after such a yeah. long time. Just like square one, it's kind of like apply everything that you know and kind of flip it on its head, really, in, in terms of like just like a brand new project that you just haven't done before, basically. Um, the game that we were thinking of is called Project Warlock, by the yep, way. Project Warlock, um, yep. And that's, that, that's like another game that has kind of like a detailed, like kind of pixelated style, but still you know, I feel like different enough from what you're doing right now with, with like Proteus. Um, and at least with like Dusk anyway, like, I, you know, I could say just like from, from my gameplay uh, of it or like from, you know, from me playing the game uh, that, um, you know, it, it's, it definitely feels like it's maybe like a little more fast paced than Proteus, but obviously yep. less detailed. And um, it's trying to go for more of that kind of like, you know, full on like rip and tear doom kind of style. Yeah. Your game definitely has like a Doom style as well, as far as like um, you know, just with the like you know the key cards you have to pick up, like you know the different color key cards, yep. uh, the secrets that you can unlock, like you know all, all different like weapons and blood and all this stuff. Like it, it, I guess it has, uh, I guess more of like a brutal Doom kind of like feel to it in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you know, are there any other I guess like um, uh, inspirations I guess for Proteus aside from like Doom, uh, you know, being like the more obvious one? I, I mean, for me at least, a lot of the older. I mean, oh man, there's so many, but uh, a lot of the older mods for Doom just really uh, were so amazing. And as for inspiration, like for the guns and stuff like that, just and one who was helping you out with this too, right? Yeah, I. I so we have um, we have a community member uh, named uh, Dragonfly. He goes by Dragonfly. His name is Josh O'Sullivan, and he's really awesome. He's been working on Doom mods and maps as long as I've been in the industry and, uh, <laughs> and he's just so amazing. He, um, he recently put out a 30 uh, something map pack with a bunch of his friends um, called Everternity uh, for the 25th anniversary of doom. And it was so amazing. And we had been watching him for such a long time 
um, ever since we started the project, essentially, you know, I wanted to immerse myself in the Doom community and the Quake community. And um, he was streaming uh, so often. And I just, I, I was like, oh my gosh, this kid's insane. You know, we got we to gotta talk to him, get him to play the game, give us feedback. And one thing led to another. And he's, now he's like helping us out with the actual game, which is mm. super cool. Because I mean, from a, from a level design perspective, having somebody that I can bounce ideas off of really helps. And it's awesome to like, to just, you know, he's got so much knowledge from being in the community for so long. Uh, it's just such a great experience for like, I think the two of us, you know, cause I come from a different world than he does. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of really, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. So I I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about that uh, about that different world that you came from actually um, specifically with uh, you know obviously like working on like Bioshock Infinite and all that um, what what games I guess did you like work on or like what did you do I guess in in, in regards to getting involved with the gaming industry just just in general so um, I started out as an intern at Gearbox Software um, in like 2006 or seven and I was 19 at the time. I'm 32 now, so I've been in the industry for a little over 10 years, which is really weird to say that because <laughs> it really feels like yesterday that I was in their office making a goof out of myself. And uh, I mean, there's so many just awkward moments. But yeah, as a kid, you know, that was so much it was it was so much fun. That was when Unreal 3 had just come out and Gears of War was hit making a big splash. And uh, yeah. those tools were so cool. And um, shortly after my internship ended, I went to Raven Software, which I look as my sort of like high school years, which is really interesting. Um, it was <laughs> yeah. I stayed there for four years working on a game called Singularity. That's where I met Mike, actually. Um, so I, I can like dip on that real quick. Um, yeah, so like Mike and I actually met at Raven Software uh, through a friend of mine, uh, Zach Ford. Um, and it was really cool to meet Mike like that because we I didn't notice this, but like we both came from the Half-Life 2 modding community. And uh, there was, Mike was actually a part of this mod, this uh, f- total conversion mod at the time called Nuclear Dawn, which was such a huge, like in back in the day, that was like the big thing to be on. You wanted that to be on That name takes Nuclear. me back, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Mike had done a bunch of the, the characters, or he had worked on the characters, some weapons, he had built like a submarine or something um, and uh, and it was really cool. And just knowing that he had done that, I was kind of fangirling a little bit when I met him, <laughs> which was like, it's stupid. But like, you know, I think when you're in the modding community, like other modders mean a lot more to you than like a lot of the AAA devs do. Sure. It's a small world. In that <laughs> yeah, case, it, yeah, it really is. Uh, so when we um, after we met, we know we were kind of hanging out a bunch and um Mike sort of turned me on to Street Fighter a little bit more. And we we got super hooked into Street Fighter 4 and just played that nonstop for mm. like the next two or three years. I was a big uh, Hakan guy myself, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was kind of into Sakura. And I think, I think um, I mean, so many people in the office used to play and just talk shit about, I mean, it was insane. But yeah, I mean, Raven, Raven was sort of like my, what I consider my high school years and, you know, doing Singularity which is a first-person shooter about time travel and time manipulation. Um, And then we did Wolfenstein, uh, which was, I mean, so many interesting stories. Um, And then, 
I worked a little bit on Wolverine, which was like the God of War version of Wolverine oh, games. Um, was that the was was that the X Men Origins game? Yep, or? yep, yep, yep. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That, honestly, that was a great game. It was like one of the few examples of a game based on a movie license that actually worked super well and was much better than the movie itself. <laughs> What's really funny about that is that they based parts of the movie on our game because i guess they didn't have a complete script or something really um, yeah i don't know okay. it was crazy like we had we had we weren't i don't even know if i'm allowed to say this to be honest with you i mean it's been so such a long time i don't think it'll matter but um we were making the game and then i guess fox or whoever was like hey we should do a tie-in with our, we're making a movie. You should do a tie-in with us. And it was like, okay, I guess, you know, and I don't think anybody was super excited at the time, but then we were assured that like, yeah, we could just make our vision for whatever we want and it'll be fine. And we did. And it was, it was freaking awesome. But like we had a, a whole section with Gambit in Las Vegas or in, um, in New Orleans or something like that. Yeah, it was like a boss fight, I remember. Yeah, yeah and they added him into the movie script because of that, I think. That is insane. I don't know. I think, I think that was like a part of it because like it was such a weird thing to see him in the movie because it didn't really make a lot of sense. He was just there all of a sudden. But it was cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I like seeing Gambit. He's one of my favorite characters. So, But like, uh, yeah, that was interesting. And then, you know, moving on from that, sort of like, the initial team that was doing Singularity, um, Singularity moved over to the Marvel team once they were done with Wolverine to finish it, and I uh, I joined that team again to to sort of help them push that out the door. And you know, right after that was done, though, um, the Call of Duty hammer kind of fell on the studio. They were like, Activision was kind of like. Yeah, we love IPs, you know, and <laughs> but, you know, Call of Duty's making us a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but we really like the IPs that make us boatloads of money. <laughs> yeah, uh, so they they kind of they sent somebody named Thomas Tipples over to the office to explain why we were chosen to become like their new DLC studio or something like that, and mm. I think not a lot of people were super excited at the time, but then we, um, you know, I think no, actually. There was a few of us that weren't super excited. I think majority of the studio was extremely excited at the time. Um, I think I'm just because I was surrounded by some people that were kind of like grumpy old men. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, I mean, it was awesome. And I enjoyed working on uh, the Zombies franchise because that was essentially when they were like, hey, we're going to become a Call of Duty studio. Me and like a few other people were like, I want to work on Zombies. You know, let's work on Zombies. So I um that was kind of what I did for Call of Duty Black Ops 1 and 2. But then yeah, shortly after that, I joined my buddy Tai Chen at Bio uh at Irrational Games to work at BioShock Infinite, you know? And mm -hmm. um just when I arrived, I I literally arrived 5 days before they they put out their second E3 trailer, which was the really big one where at the end Songbird comes through the roof and like Elizabeth stops him and then he like grabs her and runs off and I mean they had so much packed into that trailer it was insane. That's like a holy shit moment right there basically yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean and so I, I joined five days before that trailer went live and I was like I was like shitting my pants. <laughs> I, was like, I, was <laughs> I was like this is what I'm working on? <laughs> yeah, I was like holy crap like what did I get myself into? I'm like I wasn't, I wasn't used to design on that scale and um, it was a real like changer for me and 
I think a lot of the people there were just super excited, you know, and um, I fit right in, you know, just jumping into the Unreal editor and um, it was, it was just so much fun. And it was what I consider. So like, you know, I consider Raven my high school years. I, I consider Irrational my, Kind of college my years, college years, yes. It's like Saved by so. the Bell, like next season, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody there was. Um, I'm not saying that like Raven wasn't professional in any means. Like, it's a huge family, and everybody there is awesome. Like, all my good friends still work there and, and stuff, and mm-hmm. um, it's so awesome. But like, Irrational just had this different, like, super professional um vibe about it. That it was like if somebody asked you a question, you had to know the answer, and. Uh, and that really like sort of took my skill set to the next level and it was interesting because Ken was such a cool guy and he was he would just sit in the main floor with everybody you know he had a desk like two desks away from me or something and just would he would come in work on stuff leave and um like everybody was just there we had these like special pods made up so that everybody would have like optimal communication and um it was just really cool to see that you know, on the scale that Bioshock was, you know. So I have to ask you, because I did ask this uh, from our mutual friend, Bill Gardner, as well. Oh, yeah, Bill. Bill. Um, so I, I have to ask you then, what is your, I guess, like, wildest Ken Levine story? <laughs> My wildest Ken Levine story? Or I guess more, like, most interesting or, like, the one that kind of, like, pops in your head is, like, oh, God, I can't believe that happened. I guess the first time I met him in a meeting would be would be the one where... I was just because I looked really young still. Like, I mean, you haven't seen me, but I, I, when I'm shaved, like I look like I'm 16. <laughs> and, uh, I imagine I looked like some punky intern that just happened to be in a meeting about our level or something. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny because I think we were we were talking about the level flow and the level design, and I thought it, like the solution was really obvious, so I just said it out loud. And I think it caught Ken off guard. He was like, who's this person? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was really funny because, like, you know, after that, it was really chill. But, like, at that moment, I think everybody was like, oh, Ken, he's new. He's our new, new level designer, you know. And it was just, it was funny. <laughs> and um, I'm sure he would have a good laugh at it, you know, if we if we talked about it now. Because it was just such a, for me, it was like, I didn't really know Ken as well as everybody else did. So when I came in there, it was just like a fun little, like, you know, oh, yeah, well, why don't we do like the Batman Arkham Asylum thing, you know? And and, uh, and I remember saying that being like, yeah, like if we're going to go through the same area again, why don't we change it up and change it so that the combat's different or whatever? And oh, he yeah. immediately it was like, like a different puzzle, like, like within like the same area. basically. Yeah. And he was like, who's this? And then like my, my like <laughs> design mentor, like Amanda Jeffrey, she's awesome. She was like, she was like, Ken, don't worry about him. Like, you know, her her accent. She was like, and then she just kind of like continued the meeting. But that was such like a, afterwards, it was so quiet. And then after the meeting, I was like asking my leads. I was like, what did I do? Did I, I was like, did I lose the company? <laughs> I'm getting, uh, like, honestly, I'm getting like flashbacks of that meme, like with like the three people who give like suggestions in like a board and meeting. Guy, and you're like yeah. the third guy and you get thrown <laughs> out the window by Ken Levine. <laughs> Yeah, Ken Levine literally threw me out a window. Yeah, <laughs> that's like go, that's like the podcast title, right? <laughs> yeah, but, Ken Levine literally threw me out a window. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, no, it was great, and honestly, I, I I learned a lot working under him, and you know, and working at the studio, and you know, shout outs to Forrest, um, you know, Dowling for 
you know, all his support over the years as well. You know, Bill and Forrest were the ones that brought me on board and um, along with Jeff McGann. And, and I mean, it was just, it was a great time to be a part of that project because we essentially built the game from the ground up, like right as I joined. Mm. Uh, it was a five-year know. project, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, I think they changed it completely, like just as I was, you know, like there was the initial e3 trailer that came out before the second one that i joined was on that the one with the uh the dead horse at the yeah, end yeah, yeah 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 um and i remember thinking like how is this gonna play like <laughs> like how are you gonna <laughs> play this and uh i would say the, the crazy thing about interviewing there though back in the day was uh i didn't expect to actually talk to ken but then they were like oh yeah you have to you know pitch a level to ken like a brand new level to ken in 30 minutes so uh you have 30 minutes on the whiteboard to design something for him. And I was so no like, pressure or anything. <laughs> yeah. Like I was already like clammy with my hands were cold, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to design a level and then pitch it to Ken. <laughs> so was, yeah, it, it was a, uh, Oh my gosh, man. What a, what a trial to go through. And then yeah. I feel like I've, 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 I've come out better on the other end for it. You know, lots of great friends and people and, Sure. Yeah. You have like contacts now and everything. And you have like, you you know, the like experience and being able to like apply that to, uh, you know, into like the like indie scene now. Um, Which is funny because a lot of the devs when Irrational kind of shuttered are now indie devs. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like the and Flame and the, the Flood guys. And yeah. The Flame Bill. and the Flood, and obviously Bill. Yeah. yeah. With, with like perception um, also. And Gwen uh, Frey is now she she's um she's sort of gone solo dev now and she's doing um she she's doing a game called Kine. Which is uh, really sick. It's like a puzzle platformer about instruments. It's really sick. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you got to look that one up then, yeah. Yeah, it's actually really awesome. Uh, it's super full of character. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just all that. And then what's funny is when, when Irrational kind of shuttered, um, a lot of people kind of reached out you know, to everybody like, hey, let's get you a job. And right. um, my wife and I were moving back to Memphis, which is where I'm at right now, ironically. Um to you know which is like where where we're from and we got a call or like one of the one of the design guys at at uh overkill at the time his name was david goldfarb he kind of reached out to me and was like hey do you want to apply uh work on payday too or something and i was like i was like yeah sweden that's uh that's <laughs> cold right <laughs> you know and uh and it's also like halfway across the world like that sounds scary and yeah. um but you know we we took a I took like a like a five day vacation over there to uh, to hang out at the studio. They were super chill. Um, they let me come and go. They were like, "Yeah, come in, hang out, do whatever. You know, get get used to Sweden. You know." And when I arrived, I I I found out that a lot of the people that I was going to be working with knew me from the modding community already. Um, so that was just really cool, and I I gained a completely different set of skills working there on such a small team that really carried over and allowed me to go indie. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of curious, I guess, like from your own point of view, then uh, what has that transition looked like going from like, you know, from like AAA projects such as like Bioshock Infinite uh, into now creating Proteus? I, I think for, for me and Mike, it's, it's a little bit different than for most people um, because while I worked in the industry, I constantly did my own side projects, you know, um, and I think a lot of people, they get comfortable when they're in the AAA industry and they, and they get in their roles, you know, right. like when you work at Ubisoft, you might be the guy who places the cups for the level or something. 
Um, I don't want to. That sounds really harsh. I shouldn't say that, but because I have some really awesome friends that work on on those. The games. cup placeholder, yes. <laughs> well, it's on my resume. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I heard. I think I think even Bill mentioned this to me once that like he heard uh, like on Dead Space, like they had an intern go and place all the map points. You know, when you use the map and your hand comes out and it oh, shows yeah, like okay. the line. I think you know that's just like an intern type job, and I would I would never want to get into a position where I was pigeonholed into one specific thing. Mm-hmm. Because you know you're there to learn and you're there to to further your skill set. Doing all of that, and, you know. That said, you know, it, going from the AAA, uh, you know, but having that modders background that Mike and I have, you know, where we used to we're used to making our own textures, we're used to making our own everything, you know. Um, that transition was a lot easier for me than I think it was that I thought it was going to be. Actually, coming together, you know, Mike's background is insane. He um like just i know he he doesn't want he doesn't usually gush about himself but like i'll do it for him because he's freaking awesome um when we were working on singularity at the time he was he was just doing high poly models and not even like guns or anything he was just doing some models and then somebody uh one of our tech guys quit and mike was like yeah i'll learn shaders so he learned <laughs> them and then made the shaders for the game and he ended up making the core look of the game with like the way that things age and de-age in the game and the way that oh, the yeah. time bubbles. It's really uh, impressive pop. in that game too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was insane. And then I guess we were low on help with modeling. So then Mike, he like modeled, um, like this was before it transitioned over to the Marvel studio because at that time he had already left the studio. But um, like he had a private portfolio piece going around that was like just titled Singularity. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was like he had designed all these things like he had made the HUD, like he had done the characters. It was insane how much work he was putting in. Um, yeah. And then Sound like he was working like half the game, basically, in that sense. <laughs> I, I joke and say that Mike made half of Singularity because, <laughs> I mean, he did. It was it was really awesome. And yeah. um, just to just to be like on the side of that and viewing it from a distance, like as he was doing all those things was just super interesting and it's been such a ride for us. And like, like I said, just the, the skills that we've acquired over the last 10 plus years have really allowed us to be in the position and like the unique position that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the interest, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so like with, um, with like Proteus, uh, was Mike like the one who was uh, responsible, like, and I'm basing this off of the, uh, the like pre alpha footage that you have right now on your, on your Kickstarter page. Um, is he like the one who was responsible for that, uh, for that, that map system that's in place? Cause I really, really love that map system. Yeah, actually in our game. Uh, yeah, actually Mike made that over the last two weeks, by the way, like that's just oh, wow. how quick, okay. this, that's how quick we're, we're working, um, right yeah. now. Uh, so we've always, we've had that like on the, the list of things to get done for such a long time. And we weren't able gonna, we weren't gonna be able to get it done for the Kickstarter at the initial go. Um, which was kind of upsetting, but then we were like, okay, well, let's let's figure it out and get it done. And the the interesting thing is, there's two really cool factors about it. The first thing is, in our game, we have this sort of Splatoon type blood system that <laughs> Splatoon kind of splatters blood. all over the yeah. place. Kind of <laughs> yeah, it's infinite splatter. It can literally cover the entire map infinitely, no problems whatsoever, no hitches in frame rate. There's not like a uh there's no optimization that really has to happen there. And what's cool about that fact is that Mike used that system to create the auto map system. 
and it's a bit weird to say that yeah our map is basically just blood <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but essentially he he created a really cool shader that um is essentially using the blood system uh so if you imagine being able to paint blood everywhere but with your eyes it's <laughs> that's the title <laughs> it's quite a visual right there yeah <laughs> paint blood with your eyes <laughs> proteus proteus exactly yeah. Bong. Yeah, the, fall uh, 2019 <laughs> that's awesome. uh yeah so essentially he made this amazing pixel shader that unhides the pixels uh through that shader based on your view and then really just um it doesn't render for any camera except for the map camera. So then when you go to switch over to map view, it switches to that camera and then you can view all of the pixels that you've seen essentially. Um, okay. It's really cool. And it's, it's something that's, I, I haven't seen something like it in a long time. Um, we're like back to, sir, you were talking about the d- different games that we reference and things like that. And yeah, yeah. one of the main ones that, Mike and I really enjoyed playing back in the day was Metroid Prime. And uh, we're such a huge fan of that game. And it, it actually comes out in some of our level design choices. But also, you know, like we kind of referenced it for the HUD a little bit. You know, we've got the visor stuff going on, which so I'm a big fan of. Some verticality also like in the yep. levels? Or, yeah, okay. there's there's a lot of verticality um, in, some of the, in some of the levels. So like we're really kind of like um, switching it up a lot. And then... Uh, I would say the map system was one of those things that I was like, I really want to get a Metroid-style map system put in our game that makes it easy to find you know, your way around if you get lost. Now, we're not using that as like a crutch for design by any means. Uh, just to put that out there, like the levels will be properly designed. So like, you know, you're not meant to get lost in them. But we do have levels that are more sandboxy, you know, than linear. So it's always nice to be able to just whip out the map and go, which part haven't I chose uh, looked at yet? And then just dart right over there, you know? Is that where Dragonfly is kind of helping out as well? Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely brought in a really different style to level design than I have. Um, and I think in, in his, in his, uh, his style is more of like a build as I, like he arts the levels as he goes which is extremely interesting because i don't do that and i was i was really nervous at the at the start about it i was like i was like how do you how do you art as you go like don't don't you want to like iterate or something but he's just so good at like what he does that he doesn't really need to like i i just let him i was like you know what uh like i'm gonna let you go i'm gonna let you do your thing because you know what you're doing and then afterwards we'll talk about it. And there's just, it's so minimal, like minimal things that I would change. And it's just, it's amazing to see his process. And I've even started to try and do it myself a little bit more just to, to gain up that speed. And um, it's fantastic. I mean, a lot of that, a lot of that crossover stuff is it's, it's super cool, but yeah, the map, the map system is, is really there for, I would say more of the casual crowd in my mind, you know, that, that wants to like take it methodically, um, mm. you know, look for secrets a little bit take more. Take their time, take explore, their time, yeah. explore. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I I like the map system for a lot of other reasons, you know, and um, it's just it's just a fun it's just a fun thing, you know. So it's, I guess like Proteus can be like played in like both ways, as far as like being like run and gun, like shoot everything inside as quickly as possible, but also being able to like explore, kind of like how Doom is in that sense, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean. 
we I think a lot of the things that I learned when I was working on Payday was allowing players to sort of express themselves through mechanics and mm-hmm. like the guns that they use and give them the tools to kind of play how they want to play. Kind absolutely. Of and that that definitely comes through in our game. Like we're we're we want to make sure that there's enough variety for people to play the way they want to play. And the map system is definitely a part of that, you know? Mm. Um, uh, and I think we're even, so like one of the things that we, we were getting hit on just a little bit ago with our, um, with our trailer that we pushed out for the Kickstarter was people were like, Oh, you have to reload your guns. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like, you know, Mike and I have these discussions internally all the time. I'm like, Mike, we should not do reloading. And he's like, but I like reloading. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? So we, we have these discussions, but, I think what's fun about that is um, we've added in a bunch of cheats to the game that'll basically customize the game to how you want it to play. I saw that was like a stretch goal too, like the cheat codes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, w- this, the cheat codes is something that we definitely I'm I'm really excited about because I want to do um, like back in the day when I was playing Goldeneye on my N64. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I loved doing was trying to beat the best score on the highest difficulty to get that cheat unlock for, you know, big head mode or whatever. Oh yeah. And DK mode. I remember. Yeah. The big arms, the big heads. (laughs) (laughs) So we're essentially, we're essentially bringing that back in Proteus because we have the timed leaderboard stuff going on. Mm. Um, So we want to have that like ultimate cheats that you can unlock on certain levels, you know, at difficulties and stuff like that. So that's, that's going to be fun. And, uh, one of those cheats is going to be no reload, <laughs> so you can <laughs> you can play the game now with no reload. You know, and I imagine yeah, it's Jason mode, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's my mode, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, and then we'll have infinite ammo and you know a bunch of other stuff like that. So like double damage. I mean, it's it's exciting. And um, one of my one of my wife's friends was. Uh, was like, oh, I, you, you guys should just do Rainbow Blood. And I was like, that's a really great idea. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Rainbow Blood, that'll be a thing. <laughs> nice, nice. And um, another thing that you're looking to add on there, too, is a level editor as well. Oh. Um, so, like, how, how detailed is this level editor go- going to be exactly in Proteus? Yeah, so I think what's really cool about this, and there's, there's like, a, a, a setup story to this, but I guess the, the real crux of it is, the level editor is going to, it's what I use to build the game. It's what mm-hmm. Dragonfly uses um, to build the game. Uh, it's in the main menu for the game. Like you don't leave, there's no source SDK. You don't have to open up a different um, epic launcher or anything like that to, to get it to going. Um, it's like w- within the game itself, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially right there. Like there's play game, there's, and then there's level editor. <laughs> and you, uh, <laughs> And it's really quick. I don't know if you've seen any gifs from the from the game itself or the editor, but essentially you you just you can make anything you want and then just play from here and then just play it. And it just works. And it it's actually such a quick tool. I've I've really enjoyed it. Um it's been so much fun to just go in and it does like what it does best is make levels and make them quick. And that's exactly what we're doing and um the the goal is to uh well not the goal but what we're doing is we're going to release the editor with um early access so that people can start trying it out we're going to have a um sort of a community service that allows people to upload maps and download other people's maps and rate them 
Um, and you'll, I imagine be, you'll have like a, have like a way to like highlight like the best ones or people like voting for the best ones. Or for whatever. sure, I think we're gonna have like an upvote downvote system possibly. Um, we yeah, we just gotta be careful with that. I think it's gonna be pretty bare bones at the beginning just to see like what the community actually wants. Um, and then and then we'll we'll probably add a bunch of really cool features to it down the road. I think one of the the things that um I was excited about is that you know our goal is that it will be cross-platform so you know if i'm working on a map for pc and then i gotta jump on the bus to go to work um which is not a realistic scenario for me because i work from home (laughs) but but if i if i wanted to do that you know the idea is that you download it on your switch and then play it you know you could play the map on on the bus seamlessly like that yeah absolutely um so I, i mean i'm really excited about that possibility and that potential there uh for that kind of stuff and you know once we once we really dive into the um console uh portion of the development cycle we're gonna really like you know see what 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 is possible and like what we're gonna be able to pull off and um i'm just really excited about it it's i i picked up a switch and i i fell in love with it and it's just one of those it's just one of those things that like if i can if I can have Proteus, in, you know, on the go or take it to my, my parents or my sister's house and hang out, you know, and, yeah. and show them like, like, mom, this is the thing that, <laughs> ma, this is the thing. <laughs> ma, hey, ma. <laughs> What's with all that blood? <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, this, this will be the thing that, you know, this is the thing that you guys help, you know, help me back and create. And um, I think it's, uh, it's really cool, you know, and then down the road, you know, with the console update, we'll, you know, we're, we're aiming to do multiplayer and stuff like that. So hopefully, you mm, know, with okay. the switch and stuff, you'll be able to just play, play some like quick death match with your buddies and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I'm excited about the, the, the future, essentially it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And like that cross platform utility is certainly becoming more and more popular, I feel like. And uh, so I feel like, you know, being able to utilize that with Proteus, I think would be like great, especially kind of like the timing of it all as well. Um, oh, yeah. And so Proteus is coming out for uh, for PC. Switch uh, is also coming out for like Xbox One and PS4. I'm guessing. Or? Yep. Um, so uh, we're doing like the PC thing first in um, uh, later this year, fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing early access. We haven't locked down a date just yet because um, we have a lot of stuff going on that we need to to go to, and uh, we're hoping to go to PAX and DreamHack and stuff and show off the game. Um, so. Once once all that stuff is kind of down, we're going to lock the date down and um, that'll be early access later this year. And then after that, we'll be doing um, continuous updates, almost like a games as service type scenario, um, like where um, and I might be using that term wrong, but essentially we'll just be updating the game every few months with new stuff okay. until so like new levels until, and weapons and things. Yeah, because like I mean, essentially we're going to be doing like half the game for early access and then building building on top of what's there and making it stronger, taking the feedback we got from the community, making it stronger, um, going towards full release. And then full release will have like multiplayer and the, the console. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially the only way we, two people could do such an ambitious project. Right, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, we have to, we have to really pace it out properly. And, yeah. It's mostly like getting the contents uh, creation side of things up and running, you know, so like the level editor is going to be real nice and smooth um, and just, you know, with like as few bugs as possible, just get that out there and and really just start cranking that stuff out, building the community. Um, 
I mean, we're, we're such a huge fan of like all the, the different mappers out there. And a lot of them are my friends. Like a lot of the people from Raven, you know, they still make quake maps, you know, and oh, wow. okay. um, it's, uh, it's really cool to see that. So, um, you know, just, just going forward, you know, 2020 is going to be a, it's going to be a pretty big deal for us in, in the studio. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see like how the game turns out. I'm really excited to see what kind of levels that the community comes up with, uh, especially your, your like Raven alumni there. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. And um, where can people go like, to find more information on Proteus? So uh, I don't know how to say the steam link because I mean, we're on steam. If you just look up Proteus um, with a D so P R O D E U S uh that is on steam because like i guess the link is like an app id or something <laughs> um and uh you can go to our website at proteusgame.com um and we also have a discord which i don't know the link off the top of my head but hopefully we'll provide some kind of linkage here yeah. afterwards and then our twitter account is at uh at proteus game so you can you can check us out there and yeah I'll have the um, the like website as well as like the Kickstarter like on, on like the show notes for this episode too so yeah because the Kickstarter is actually still going right I mean it we is. only have I think we have like eleven or ten days left as of this recording um, yeah so like yep. by by the time that this episode goes up there like there should be like about like a week left pretty much so that'll give people ample enough time to uh, to like go check it out and uh, and to like donate for it so yeah yeah and I think that the interesting thing about the our approach as indie like AAA indie devs is that we're, we literally post almost everything we make for the game. So if you're interested in like where we're at in development of the game, you can l- just go to our Twitter account and look at the like top 10 posts or something. And you'll see, oh, they just made a new weapon for the game. Oh, they made a new character. You're very level. transparent, which is like nice. Yeah, to see, I mean, honestly. there's yeah. <laughs> there's there's no reason to not be. I mean, growing up in the in the community, I mean, I love sharing like how we're building things or, you know, what the process is and. I'm hoping that, you know, people that are looking to go from AAA to indie can sort of look at our process as something that might be very useful or helpful in helping them make de- like decisions and, and stuff like that going forward. So it's uh, it means a lot, you know. Very cool. Well, Jason, thank you very much for telling me about Proteus, about like your career, like certainly all the stories that came along with it. Um, <laughs> it was very entertaining, honestly, especially the stuff with like your family and everything, you know, be- being like a big support ah, to you. It's, it's great yeah. to hear all that. And uh, best of luck, honestly, with Proteus. Awesome, dude. I, re- I really appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, absolutely. So and uh, if you want to follow the ArtCast on Twitter, we are at ArtPodcast. Same thing for Facebook, facebook.com slash ArtPodcast. And you can find me on Twitter at the Guilty Man. And uh, you can also support us on Patreon. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash ArtCast. Please be sure to check out our partner site, Don't Feed the Gamers, at don'tfeedthegamers.com. That's run by our good friend Liana Ruppert, where her team give fan-centric news and reviews in gaming. If you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at ardcasts at retrozap.com, and be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars or pop culture in general. There's also us with ArtCast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. And that is ArtCast Mini number 22 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro. Bye, everybody.
And uh, yeah, I'll add in like all bells and whistles and make it sound all purdy and stuff. So <laughs> the DJ, the DJ horn, like boy, 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 boy. Yeah. Every every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mentioned boing, 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 eyes from the like blood from the eyes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It'll look like the uh, Jablinski yeah. games, like I guess like intro yeah. or whatever. So. Oh my god, that's awesome too. I I love Jack Black doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's 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 um it's really interesting to kind of see like I guess like the effect. Of fame because obviously like with how um i guess like how like uh how popular that got so quickly and it's really like his sons like who are making that that um that like channel but obviously they have like their dad as like the centerpiece of it and um whenever they try to like promote themselves like on like instagram or whatever they're Mm -hmm. like i I always like see people who are like we don't care about you we just care about your dad (laughs) and all this stuff that's so mean and yeah it's kind of me because they're like little kids you know so (laughs) i mean they um they did this april fool's joke right where jack black was like that's it y'all no more jablinski and like his kids were like his kids like his one really quiet son was like don't listen to my dad. <laughs> or he, he goes, he just like really quietly goes, please don't unsubscribe. <laughs> like it was so awesome. Like really you could good. tell that, um, you know, Jack Black, he has this, this crazy energetic presence. Yeah. And uh, you could tell his kids are, they're a little quieter than he is, but I think when they get older, they're going to have, they're going to have that spark to him. You know, that's going to be really awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously his older kid, um, I guess like has more of a, um, I don't know, meme Lord kind of personality to him anyway. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Vaughn Hyde. I'm the host of IndiePod, an indie games podcast. With the help of my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average Josh Boys, we bring you all the indie games news you need to know, as well as shouting out some amazing indie games over on crowdfunding sites and occasionally derailing to a conversation about big anime chesticles. We are so happy to be part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network alongside so many other awesome gaming podcasts. So if you love indie games, make sure to listen in each and every Friday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.